in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Joe Biden really wants the heads to roll. They got to get somebody on something. And it looks like they did. All right. We got one guy who called people bad words. Is that what this is all about? Cut 30. A determination was made that one agent acted in an unprofessional manner by yelling, denigrating and offensive comments regarding a migrant's national origin and gender. Hmm. That's uh, that's what Joe Biden was yelling and screaming about. Oh, wait, there was something else they did wrong. One of them. Let's see. You know, they were not whipping anybody, but they were twirling their little uh, their little. What are those things called? The reins. They were twirling the reins. Well, you're not supposed to do that, apparently. Uh, It's not in the guidebook. Cut 29. OPR's review of the horse patrol unit training documents did not reveal any specific guidance on twirling of the reins for any purpose. Oh, my goodness gracious. So we're going to hammer them for twirling the reins. Leave them alone. <laughs> Leave them alone. I mean, there, is there any handbook for how I walk down the hallway? Am I allowed to skip? Do I have to walk 10 paces a minute? Two pa- I mean, we do a lot of things that aren't in the handbook. They, Why would that be in the handbook? Aye, aye, aye. I'm 45 seconds late. They go to reruns. They start recruiting other hosts? Okay, I guess that's how it works. That's okay. I was late. Strangely enough, I was reprimanding somebody, and it went a little overboard. Uh, yes, every now and then i got to do that. It's uh, it's okay. Uh, but here's the deal. When you reprimand somebody, you always have to do it in private. And these days, uh, you might as well record it, <laughs> okay? Check with your employer. Check with your state and local authorities. If that's okay, you can look up the rules. Uh, but it's probably a good idea if you're reprimanding somebody. You know what I mean? Now, he said this. No, it's I didn't say that. But, um, hey, everybody's taping everybody, unfortunately. I assume, even at home, my, my, my what do you call it, the iPhone, that has a microphone. That thing doesn't shut off. They listen to us. I know, that sounds crazy. They're listening to us through the phone. Well, they are, actually. And forget about those, uh, what do you call them, Alexis, those Siri towers, uh, everything you do, say, breathe, what you're listening to, what you're watching, it knows everything. It knows when you're awake. It knows when you're asleep. It's one of the reasons why I'm not going to wear a, um, what do you call it, an Apple Watch. I can't, who needs it, an Apple Watch. It's just going to wind up in a shoebox or, or in a drawer with all those other, you know, gadgets and cords that no longer work, but you don't want to throw them out. Uh, everybody has a... A cabinet full of that stuff, or at least a drawer. Hey, anyway, um, what do we say? You ever hear that slogan, whistling past the graveyard? Whistling past, nobody ever says it anymore. It used to be a thing. But anyway, that is what Joe Biden is doing as he eats more ice cream, as he travels the country, little, little pockets of it where, you know, they, they, they'll they keep the let's go Brandon chance to a minimum They'll still get them, but it won't be it won't drown out everything else. He went to Pennsylvania yesterday to a campaign with Fetterman, but uh, he was really spent a lot of time with Fetterman's wife, with Mrs. Fetterman. He even said out loud that Mrs. Fetterman is going to the Senate. Well, she's not, 
but you guys should have made that switch a long time ago. I would have no problem with that. It happens. It happens sometimes. Uh, the husband's killed somehow, and they give it to the wife, or the wife is killed, they give it to the husband. They really? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm aware. I'm, uh, I'm hip, but generally speaking, um, I've only heard it happening male to female. Uh, um, how are we feeling? I feel great. It's Friday, and that's a big, big, big deal. Oh, hey, you guys cut the tapes, huh? You guys cut the tapes from Project Veritas? Fantastic. Here's uh, an insider of the Eric Adams administration telling you uh, that Eric Adams is in over his head. His name is Chris Bow, and he was surreptitiously recorded, but legally, and he worked for Eric Adams until this tape came out. Cut two. I think what Abbott was doing has, like, proven effective. Like, it's flooded our system. And frankly, I don't know how much Biden is going to appreciate having a mayor be like, hey, you owe Blue Cities money because of this migrant crisis. Eventually, it's going to make Biden look bad, which we're a month out from the midterm. It's a very perilous situation for him. And I don't know that Eric Adams is, like, capable enough to navigate it. Yeah, no kidding. This guy has a lot of insight, by the way. A hell of a lot of insight. Uh, how, ooh, how about this? Again, he's being recorded. This guy who's on the phone works for Eric Adams at the time. He's on the advance team. And you can say the advance team, oh, that's just a, no, it's not. It's very close to the mayor. It's, these people are very politically savvy, up and comers in the political world. Uh, listen to what he had to say about Eric Adams and his ethics. Cut three. The mayor thinks he's got, like, ambition for running for president. And, like, this is it for you. Like, no, you can't. You are very corrupt. And, like, lots of other issues. How so? Um, like, he's worth two and a half million dollars and has rental properties. And, like, all he's ever done is be a cop and a civil servant. <laughs> I think we need a... Referral to the U.S. Attorney, the District Attorney, uh, the State Attorney General uh, in New York and New Jersey. <laughs> Did you? He's worth two and a half million dollars and has rental properties all over the place. And he uh, he never made much money. In fact, he would cry and moan about how little he was being paid. And he's a multimillionaire. I did not know that. And how about that? Yeah. You- <laughs> He's going around. I can, I, oh, it's going to be the president. No, no. This guy's throwing cold water on it. One more time. Uh, he, listen carefully. I know it's hard. Cut three. The mayor thinks he's got, like, ambition for running for president. And, like, this is it for you. Like, no, you can't. You are very corrupt. And, like, lots of other issues. How so? Um, like, he's worth two and a half million dollars. He has rental properties. And, like, all he's ever done is be a cop and a civil servant. <laughs> You're totally corrupt. Totally corrupt. I know it. He knows it. Eric knows it. The media, they don't know it, actually. They, 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 well, they won't even investigate because Eric is cool. Eric, uh, well, he's a black man who looks great. A lot of these reporters are white, and Eric shamed them for being white. Remember that? Eric came out and said, I don't feel comfortable with uh, white people telling my story. He said that. He said that. He also said uh, he also called white people crackers, and he boasted how he kicked all the crackers' ass. Hey, you know how many people are staying in that tent city right now up in Randall's Island? Four. Four people are there. Uh, Many, many, many millions of dollars. The homeless people are like, what about us? 
It's just one of the many management fiascos that we've seen that you will see out of Eric Adams. He does not know how to manage. He has no interest in managing. He has no interest in learning. He has no interest in delegating. He thinks he can do it all himself. He said that the other day. He's under the delusion, the illusion that we all voted for him to fix problems. Again, if I become mayor and I am thinking about it seriously, I will need your help. I will need your help. I will need God's help. I am already reaching out to people all over the country. I'm up to about 60, 70 names of people I know, trust, and actually some total strangers, some I might even disagree with politically, but they're very, very talented. And I'm wondering, you know, could I recruit this person to come work for New York City, the capital of the world? At least it was. And meanwhile, he wants to go out there and fix all the problems himself. Hey, do me a favor. Find that when he was just totally losing his mind about how good he was. He was from the other day. Um, really, oh, man, I'm actually getting kind of excited about running for mayor. I, I, I think this could, uh, yeah, it's starting to feel real. It's starting to feel like something. Um, what else is going on? You know, it's, it's a little bit of a waiting game right now. You know, everything that could be said has been said. You know, now it's, it's early voting has started. It's, uh, oh, and by the way, early voting has started in Georgia, and it's off to an awesome start. Remember what they said. Remember how bad they said it would be, the Georgia voting law, the new one that passed last year? Remember Joe Biden scaring everybody about it, trying to at least cut 23? It is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. I mean, this is gigantic what they're trying to do. And it's just not right. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. Jim Crow 2.0 is about two insidious things. Voter suppression and election subversion. What I'm worried about is how un-American this whole initiative is. It's sick. It's sick. Why would he be so angry about a voting law? That has led to this. You want to hear what's happening in Georgia right now? Cut 22, please. Early voting is happening across Georgia, and we are already seeing record turnout. After day one, the Secretary of State's office says there was an 85% increase in voters from the last midterm election in 2018. Back-to-back days of more than 100,000 voters, that's never happened before in Georgia's history of every single midterm election to ever happen here. Wow. <laughs> I thought that voting law was uh, against everybody's – it was undermined democracy. Remember all that nonsense? And they got everybody, everybody to play that game, including Major League Baseball and one of the greatest, <laughs> silliest, weakest corporate moves in the history of corporations and sports – They moved the All-Star game from Atlanta to Denver in protest of that Georgia voting law, which has led to record record numbers of people voting. Major League Baseball cut 24. Breaking news here on CBS Sports HQ. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred announcing that the league is taking the 2021 All-Star game away from Atlanta. The move comes in response to new voter laws passed in the state of Georgia. Um... Wow. They didn't even read the bill. I read the bill. 
I I read it and I thought uh, this is actually no problem whatsoever. Hey, where's that clip of me on April first of last year? I I read the whole damn thing, the whole damn bill. I see you guys didn't take me. It's the best part of the damn show. Anyway, April 1st of last year, I said that the voting law is totally fine. I looked at it. I said this is going to increase voting, not hurt it. And people like whoever the hell's in charge of Coca-Cola are just trying to appease the mob. And that is so weak. And it always backfires. Cut 25. Let me be crystal clear and unequivocal. Uh, This legislation is unacceptable. Uh, It is a step backwards, uh, and it does not... Uh, promote uh, principles we have stood for in Georgia. Believe it or not, that guy was the is the CEO of Coca-Cola. I have no idea where he's from. And he says, let me be crystal clear, unlike his poison product, right? Uh, Coca-Cola, Powerade, uh, all kinds of junk food. Coca-Cola makes junk food. And, and they, they have the nerve to talk to us about voting. And they were wrong, completely and totally wrong. And uh, he, we got to do something about that. Oh, here's Joe Biden. He got things off to a good start yesterday with a quick lie. Cut 26. John Fetterman's going to appear with you today yeah. in Pennsylvania, but there haven't been that many candidates campaigning with you. Why That's are more not ca- true. There's been 15. Count. Get count. Okay. And are there going to be even more? Yeah. 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 No, there, there have been three bona fide campaign appearances in the traditional sense. Everybody is blowing them off. Kathy Hochul is blowing them off. Uh, Tim Ryan in Ohio is blowing him off. Stacey Abrams has blown him off. Even John Fetterman yesterday, that big trip, blew him off. The people, Democrats, are blowing him off. They don't like it. MSNBC, Focus Group, cut 29. Should Joe Biden run again? No. No. That was quick. Wow. (laughs) Too many people will not vote for him. No. I agree with you. He's in class, but you don't know if he's really in class. You could put anybody up next to him and they're going to get it. And that's not good. A lot of people think he's mentally unwell, and I, maybe they think it's his age, it's dementia. <laughs> too many people will vote against him. He, he <laughs> too many people are not going to vote for him. That's, uh, that's true. He just can't do it, and he doesn't get it. But the people do. Even even some Democrats. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, I knew they were doing it, but now they're now they're not even hiding it, um, scaling back social conservatives, conservatives on social media. I've been scaled way back my Twitter. I can always tell. Usually I put a tweet out, uh, several hundred comments, at least thousands of likes. Now I'm down to it. I don't know, dozens of comments and hundreds of likes. I'm not it's it's not my ego that's taken a hit. It's um, it's my impact. Um I'm actually just, look, I know it's going to come back, but this is artificial. I can tell. I know Twitter well enough. And why is that? I'm pushing people like Lee Zeldin and not Kathy Hochul. I am saying things like the transgender craze has gotten way out of hand. And, well, that is so sickening to the folks who work at Twitter. They hate that idea. They just want to push this nonsense, rearrange society, and it ain't going to work. And one of the reasons why it won't, um, well, beautiful Americans like this is Pastor John Amanchukwu, and he's out of North Carolina. He shows up at a school board meeting, and he lets them have it. Cut 30, please. Luke chapter 17 and 2 says, 
that it's better for a person to have a millstone tied around their neck and to be thrown into the sea than for anyone to harm or damage a child. And so the question today to the school board is, only you know whether or not your role, the policies, the curriculum, and the things that you allow in this school system in Wake County, only you know whether or not a millstone is tied around your neck. The reality is this. God is going to judge every last one of you for decisions that are made on behalf of children. You know, this past year we spent $1 million on a diversity office. And how did that benefit black children? How did it benefit children in general? Well, 78% of third through eighth grade black students are not proficient in math in Wake County. We're wasting taxpayer dollars putting money towards this diversity office that's not benefiting those who need it the most. 66% of third through eighth grade students are not proficient in reading. Black students, they're not reading on grade level. They're not performing mathematically, and they're not going to be able to get jobs in the fields like STEM. But we're wasting money on a diversity, equity, and inclusion office while we are failing black students in the name of diversity. Isn't that amazing? And he's not done yet. When I hear voices like that, brave, strong voices like that, I know we're going to win. And that slimy school board hanging their heads in shame as they should be. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, if you're um, if you're Indian and you love to party, uh, celebrate Diwali on your day off from school. Another day off from school? Haven't we had a calendar kind of set in stone for a while? We're getting all kinds of days off. I think there are too many days off in America. You think about it, almost every month we have a three-day holiday, September, Labor Day, October, Columbus Day, although nobody takes that, um, unfortunately. Let's see. Uh, Thanksgiving week is basically a blow-off week. Then there's Christmas week. Then there's Martin Luther King Day, uh, President's Day in February. Um, I thought I think they've tried to wokeify that. What's in March? I don't know. April's Easter. I don't know. It, it, it just, I, I don't know. In the military, you know what we did? We combined the three-day weekend, we throw a Friday on, and we call it a 96. It was wonderful. I got so much time off in the military. And you know what else I could do? I could go on leave, and I would usually take once a year, once every two years, 30 days off. It's like a summer. They don't tell you about this, but it's a really cool perk. But anyway, Diwali is now a uh, city holiday, according to Eric Adams, got 46. So many other cultures that we acknowledge, it is long overdue to say to our Hindu, Sikh, Jain, and Buddhist students and communities that we see you, we acknowledge you. We? Who's we? I don't know what that means. We, we see you. Like, we're all we. Who's the we? Who is the we? What does that mean? We. 
Eric is big enough to acknowledge you. Wow, he sees you. I've no, I've, I see everybody all the time. What is it? You, you, you blind to them first? I, it's silliness, silliness. But what do you want? He's a silly, silly guy. Cut forty-five. When you do an analysis of the subway crimes we are seeing, you're seeing that it's being driven by people with mental health issues. I mean, if you got a ninja outfit on and you're running around with a sword, you know, swinging at people's, I mean, something is wrong. Way to go, genius. You think we don't know that? Man, he really doesn't, he doesn't have a clue. But the problem is, as we pointed out uh, earlier this week, he thinks he does. He's just in love with the sound of his own voice. He's... He's in love with himself in, to an unhealthy, narcissistic, egomaniac kind of way. Yes. All right, never mind. I No, talk to me, pal. You have that clip that you said you, uh, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, technical difficulties. But... Mm. Mike in St. James. Hello, Greg. Uh, in your uh, goal, if your goal is to become mayor, have have you read up on Mayor Jimmy Walker of Mayor yeah, of Boston, New York City yeah, in the tweet, 1930s? Yeah I, yeah, I remember Jimmy Walker reading about him. He was a well-dressed, uh, kind of corrupt guy, um, and he left town uh, uh, with a big cloud over his head. And I think it was uh, he's very much like Eric, a reminiscent of Eric Adams. Is that what you're getting at? I didn't want to say it, but he was forced to resign for uh, unexplained bank account deposits. Yeah, and he got he fled the country. He went to Mexico. Yes. Okay, okay. you know about it. Yes, so I do. It, it might be helpful in your uh, goal to become mayor. What? Well, I mean, I mean, how's that going to help me? It was seventy years ago. Don't be like that guy. I mean, I know that. I know not to be like that. What do you mean? How's that going to help me? Well, you have three years to wait for the election, right? I got a lot of work to do. I already know about Jimmy Walker. I learned about him when I was about 11 years old. But thank you, sir. Hey, you're the you're the guy who's really big on congestion pricing, right? Yes. Yes, I know. I know. And we're not no, hearing enough about that. It. We don't like it. We don't like it. We don't want it. And uh, another reason to vote against Kathy Hochul. Another reason to vote against Kathy Hochul. All right. Mark is in Long Island. Mark. How are you? Hey, man. I just heard you mention something about a city-wide holiday, some other holiday. I can't even fathom it. And it, I just – we had another holiday added uh, for, for some, in June. Why can't Election Day be a national holiday? Close the schools, close the banks, the stock market. Why can't that be a real national holiday? And everybody just goes and votes. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I wouldn't have an objection. But, again, I think we're getting too much time off. And we've been able to – We've managed to vote on a work day since the beginning of American history. And now everybody wants to change everything regarding voting. I want to change it back to the way it was. Paper ballots. I don't want anybody to get the day off. Go on your way to work. All right? No more excuses. Figure it out. Make a plan. What? I say I say roll back these other holidays. June June. Whatever, June. Juneteenth, it's a federal holiday. It is a federal holiday. And ask anybody, ask anybody in the street to define Juneteenth. Nobody in the world knows what Juneteenth is. I'm serious. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
my direction. Yeah. Hey, hang on. I, I, I want to. <clears throat> by the way, I want to say one thing. I, I respect uh, the judge. The sentence he came down with today is his decision. I fully respect. I've been totally respectful of this entire process uh, on the legal side. Also, want to make one other statement before I talk about a broader topic. More than any person in the Trump Steve administration, Bannon. this is Steve Bannon. I testified before the Mueller Commission for more hours. I testified in front of uh, Chair Schiff and the House Intelligence Committee more than any other person in the Trump administration. I, attest, I testified in front of the Senate Intelligence. I think more than any, all about the issues related uh, to uh, to Russia Gate to all of that. Okay. That's Steve Bannon. He was just sentenced to four months in jail for uh, defying a subpoena from the January 6th committee. Uh, What a joke. Uh, Leave the guy alone. But there's a victory here for Steve in that the judge let him go. He's free on appeal. Uh, Judge Nichols did not have to do that. It seems like the judge may. uh, Well, let's bring in a legal expert, Jenna Ellis. You know her. She was extre- the, the, the great lawyer. She was extremely busy during the whole um, transition period, and we were so worried about election fraud, and she was right there along with Rudy Giuliani and President Trump. Jenna Ellis, how you doing? Great, Greg. And, uh, you know, we're still worried about election integrity, so still working on that. And I hope that everyone uh, gets out and votes wherever they are listening and in your state. Uh, don't be too frustrated, too stubborn, too uh, you know, pissed off to not get out and vote because otherwise we're just handing the other side a win. All right. So what do you make of this um, uh, Bannon situation? Four months in jail, contempt of Congress. He did not testify before the January 6th committee. Uh, number one, why didn't he? Because he, he just said he testified, you know, the Mueller investigation, he had t- which was a joke. He testified with the impeachment, which was another joke. I mean, I know it's a joke, but why not? Why not testify if he participated in the other ones? Well, why not at least just go and sit in the chair and even uh, plead the fifth if he wants to or just, you know, have have some other response just so he could avoid contempt. But uh, Bannon himself has said that because this is a sham committee, they're not even uh, abiding by Congress's own rules for select committee with their composition. They genuinely have no subpoena power. And he's right legally. And what is so frustrating about this entire thing is that this is D.C. politics and these are D.C. courts. Uh, because these types of of jurisprudential decisions that don't force Democrats to abide by the same law that everybody else has to ends in these insane results like Bannon actually getting sentenced to jail for contempt of Congress. And let's contrast that, by the way, to the FBI lawyer that intentionally fabricated evidence and lied to the FISA court who didn't get a day in jail and had his law license fully restored to good standing. I mean, this is the two-tier justice system and why so many people are so frustrated with all three branches of government when they are Democrat-controlled. Hey, by the way, uh, who are some other luminaries who have refused to testify before Congress and were actually cited for contempt? Wasn't Eric Holder, Obama's attorney general, the same thing? Or was it different in some way? I mean, why wasn't he ever, uh, you know, arrested and uh, had to undergo a trial? Why, why, why the different treatment? Literally just because he was a Democrat. And this is also why Republicans, I think, um, because we tend to our side, conservatives in general, don't play dirty in the same way. We don't try to manipulate the law to unfair and unjust conclusions for our own advantage, which, by the way, we shouldn't. I mean, as a lawyer, I'm all for using the law 
uh, for the best outcome and to your advantage. That's called strategy, and that is a good thing. But we don't try to go against precedent and go uh, against the intention and the spirit of the law just for political advantage. But then that's always what the Democrats do. And this is why it's so frustrating, because the Democrats know that Republicans won't uh, play those kinds of games. And so it ends up that we do sacrifice a lot for that, and we see these types of unjust outcomes. And if D.C. juries were not so heavily Democrat populated, uh, this is one thing that I think a venue and forum change would have served Steve Bannon really well. And, um, And in that sense, I hope that that is one of the issues that goes up on appeal, that a D.C. jury was going to be incredibly biased. Uh, just by the political nature of the forum. All right. Now, what about this? Uh, Steve Bannon, again, he uh, helped get Trump elected, although let's face it, he wasn't, you know, he would have won without Steve Bannon. Everybody forgets, but Steve Bannon joined the campaign in August, in August before November. All right. Same goes for Kellyanne Conway, by the way. Great people. Um, but, um, and Steve is known as a bit of a blabbermouth. I mean, he was leaking all over the place, uh, but nevertheless, I like him. Um, the judge let him go on appeal, and I'm told, I'm hearing that that's like a big deal. The judge actually is acknowledging that he could even win this on appeal, so hence uh, he didn't send him to jail tonight. Uh, is that true? It's a big deal for D.C., I think, but it was the right call uh, legally. That happens quite frequently if you file a notice of appeal uh, pending sentencing. You really should not have to serve your sentence uh, while you await appeal in these types of circumstances. So I think what's notable here is that it was uh, this type of judge. And so um, I think that, you know, Steve will have every opportunity to argue uh, his position. And I hope that it gets overturned on appeal and that this type of precedent will not continue, that you can uh, persecute your political opponents using the judicial forum as uh, your your weapon and method of choice. And so it rightly should be overturned on appeal. Jenna Ellis, let me ask you something else. And people have asked me this. If um, Well, number one, how do we know they're not going to cheat uh, this time around in the midterms? I mean, Republicans are favored to win, despite all the misinformation we heard from most of the summer. But how do we know? And quite frankly, look, I don't say the election was stolen because I personally can't prove it, but I have grave doubts about the fairness. My gut tells me they did steal it, but I can't prove it. Um, how do we know they won't try the uh, the same funny business again? I guess it's, have the laws that have been passed, are they good enough to prevent it? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I was on the Concerned Women for America as uh, She Prays, She Votes tour up in Pennsylvania over the last couple of days and just got this question at a forum last night uh, in Pennsylvania, which is, of course, a huge battleground state. And you see that, you know, Biden and Kamala are actually coming to campaign uh, in just a few days because they understand that, you know, Doug Mastriano and Dr. Oz are poised to win. And so what is going to prevent them from not administering this election fairly? Well, laws have been changed. There's still a lot of work to do. But I think that the average American voter is so much more in tune to the issue of election integrity, to fundamental fairness, that we are going to have so many more people as poll watchers, as election workers, and also just making sure that they are showing up to vote in person, or if it is a state like my home state of Colorado, where I'm still a resident, uh, we have universal vote by mail, and we have since 2012. I think it's a ridiculous method, but I go and I actually drop off my ballot at a polling location. I don't put it through the mail. So I think a lot of these things that um, are just aware, there's so much more awareness now, and there has been a lot of work that's been done in the last two years will significantly decrease the opportunity 
um, for election administration to not be fair. And you've even seen, um, just keeping with Pennsylvania, for example, that the U.S. Supreme Court actually told uh, election officials in Pennsylvania, you know, sorry, you have to go by state law. You can't count undated ballots. Your legislature establishes your election law. That's the only way that you can count. And, um, you know, the Supreme Court and um, courts in Wisconsin and, you know, in other places have said yeah. you have to abide by election law. All right, so Jen- those things are going to be good. Jenna Ellis, we need you out there. We're so glad you can follow uh, at Jenna Ellis Esquire, E-S-Q, at Jenna Ellis esq esq. And also your podcast, The Jenna Ellis Show. How can people find that? Yes, just thank you. Go to thejennaellisshow.com or on Rumble, YouTube, or anywhere that you stream, thejennaellisshow.com. All right, great stuff. Thank you for your service, as they say, to be continued. Bye, Bye, Jenna. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, Good stuff, man. She was so vital and critical during uh, that time between Election Day and January 20th. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a free country. It's amazing. I, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they were like, I, I think the election was stolen, but I, I, I can't say that. I can't say that. I mean, why not? It's America. I understand. Joe Biden's the president. No one's talking about a mutiny. No one's talking about anything like that. Uh, but if you feel that way and your your gut is probably, <laughs> yeah, I think you're onto something. Can I prove it? No. Do I have grave concerns? Yes. And it's still America. You're still allowed to say those things. But more important than that, we got to get out and vote. Only two and a half weeks to go. Be right back. Oh, oh. We have no sponsor? Is it something I said? We lost a sponsor? Oh, we took that other because I had the emergency uh, bathroom break. All right, fair enough. Um, Hey, tonight on my Newsmax program... Uh, we will reveal a new Trafalgar poll, and those are the best polls in the world, uh, that 80% of the American people do not support children undergoing uh, treatment for gender dysphoria. That includes hormone treatment. That includes sex change operations, uh, puberty blockers, all that stuff. They don't want it. They don't like it. That's 80%. So that's a pretty overwhelming. You never see 80% for anything, right? Um Yet Joe Biden still is fixated on it. He's not Democratic for all this talk about, oh, MAGA is a threat to democracy. This kind of stuff is a threat to democracy. Cut 37. I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you. So... I want everybody to live up to their God-given potential. We all do. And it may sound great when Joe Biden says, has your back, but you got to drill down to what this means. He wants children to be able to say at the age of 8, 7, 10, 11, without even the knowledge of their parents, that they suddenly identify as what they are not biologically. A biological boy can say they identify as a girl. And then they have access to the girls' bathroom. And then they can be on the girls' basketball team or the girls' swim team. That's what this is about. This is what these people stand for. And it's wrong. 80% of the country is against it. So it's not not just a statement like that, feel-good stuff. Policy is being impacted. And this is how Joe spends his day. So this is a popular uh, TikToker. I'm telling you, what I'm looking at is a, I don't know what, the gender is, how they identify, because they 
they really rarely will say like I am uh, I identify as a girl, I identify as a boy. It's usually a little bit more complicated than that. I'm a non-binary, queer, gender, non-conforming, but bionic person. Something along those lines. And that's what this guy, girl, it, you didn't have it yet? Oh. All right. Um, he met with uh, some pro- prominent transgenders at the White House today. This actually, um, this works its way into his daily routine, which is better than his ordinary daily routine. You know, I mean, just getting into trouble everywhere he goes. And speaking of trouble, you know who's still on my list? Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He is still in office. And what did the Pentagon just do? They released a letter announcing that they will fund, uh, pay for travel and hotel for any service member who wants to get an abortion. Travel and hotel services. This is the same policy that Netflix has. You know, Netflix will fly you first class to uh, a state of your choice to get an abortion. And we have a problem with that. And by the way, it's actually, when you think about it, it's not generous. It's not generous at all. They're they're up to something. Netflix doesn't want to pay maternity leave. That's like, what, four months, five months, right? You're gone. Well, what's more expensive, four or five months of paid leave or mm, two nights in a hotel and a plane trip? Right? You see? You see? Now the Pentagon. The Pentagon is going where they have absolutely no business. It's bad enough. Oh, you know what else they're going to do? Emergency uh, education on contraception. They call it Contraceptive Awareness Day. And all the troops will be briefed on the contraceptive services available to them, including the emergency abortion pill, by the way, the emergency uh, pregnancy termination pill. You can get that in the Pentagon. And in addition to the uh, far-right extremism training, in addition to the um, everybody is, uh, you know, what is your pronoun day, in addition to all this nonsense we've saddled the military with, it's let's learn about contraception and let's fund your way to an abortion. We're losing wars in the meantime, and China is looking at us and salivating. They now have the upper hand. Militarily, it's happened. It has happened. We have been eclipsed. We're in trouble. So get out and vote. Two and a half weeks to go. You know who to vote for. I know you do. We can do this. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. I basically spend my life trying to lose weight. My weight fluctuates rather dramatically, not like month to month or year to year, but, you know, every five years I can be anywhere from 170 pounds to 225. Right now I'm about, I don't know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm closer to 225 than I am 170. So, um, uh, and everybody knows it. I'm always, you know, I'm always trying something and I'm working at it and I, well, I think I look okay. Um, but why would somebody come in here and tell me that there's a, a whole, platter of candy in the in the cafeteria it reminds me of this guy in the marine corps who i did not like but he came in and he gave me this whole box of candy that you know, came to him from home and he didn't eat candy he was, his name was rick he was a bit of a geek and he came in to give me this candy i'm like wow what a great guy he didn't have to do that you know maybe i was wrong about this guy 
And then he laughed to all of the, the other guys saying, yeah, I just want to get, uh, I just want to get bullets fat. <laughs> he just is very alt. He had, um, uh, evil motives. That's fine. Hey, uh, it is Friday. Does that mean we should do more phone calls? I will in a moment. But first, uh, Michael Steele, watch out for that guy. This is a country club Republican. Um, he hates Trump like so many of them do. So many former Republicans. I guess they still are Republicans. They're just the, the kind that um, are in it for themselves. And that's Michael Steele, cut 38. Kevin McCarthy um, has not learned from the history of three prior Republican speakers of the House who've all been thrown out by their Republican caucus. McCarthy's now next in line with a base that is prepared um, to throw him out should they allow him to be speaker. Kevin has decided to make his bed and is prepared to lie down with the with the lice, the fleas, and the blood-sucking ticks. That's what he called MAGA just now. Lice, fleas, bug-sucking ticks. What a strange guy. When you dehumanize your enemy, that's dangerous. Because what do you do if they're not human beings? You try. To, what do you try to do with lice, blood-sucking ticks? You try to exterminate them. And sometimes their language, their rhetoric is very much pointing in that direction. I mean, it harkens back. Yeah, genocide. That's the kind of stuff that I think some of these freaks on the far left are thinking about, are considering, would love to see happen again. Sorry, this is still America. Joe in Long Island, yes. Hello, Greg. Uh, as far as uh, as as far as the, saving the democracy, the democracy is the will of the people, not the will of some jackasses on The View or, or Michael Steele, who I couldn't figure out what the hell he was good for. He was horrible as as the, as the uh, RNC leader. And uh, Mark Levin, on the 19th of uh, just the other day, he played a montage of Democrat uh, uh, congressmen and senators that went ballistic over the Bush elections, both of them. They stood up, they, they, they challenged it, and they were patriots for that. Uh, JFK, he did exactly what Trump, they say in Trump, tried to replace electors in Hawaii in 1960, and the press said it was a brilliant move. So if you believe the media, your, your, your goose is cooked. It really is. You have to go out of your way, and that's the dangerous. That's why they're dangerous. You and I know that they are full of crap, and they're lying like crazy. But you can be a good person just going about your business and, you know, eh, I want to catch the news every now and then and flick it on and listen and trust them because it's the news. I mean, we grew up with the news. I mean, NBC News, John Chancellor, what could be wrong with that, right? And it's evolved, and it's uh, it's crummy. It's rotten. And the people who are telling the news what to do, the Democrats, academia, the establishment, crummiest. So, and you're totally right. You know, under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, it is perfectly legal. It's a provision within the law to object to the electoral counting of votes. Uh, the problem in 2004 and 2000, especially when the Black Congressional Caucus did it, they were furious about what happened in Florida. They stood up. They objected. They put their objections in writing. But they could not get a member of the Senate to join them. And under that Electoral Count Act, you need a House member and you need a member of the Senate. Same thing happened in 2004. The left was doing it. Jamie Raskin stood up January 6, 2017, lost his mind about voting irregularities in Florida. And he had it in writing. 
but he didn't have a senator, so he had to sit down. Well, this time, the concerns were far more serious, far more valid, and needed to be heard. And a lot of Republicans got it, House members and senators. That's the only difference. It was the provi- And we were following the law. And for people like me, who knew about the Electoral Count Act of 1887, like uh, November 15th, I found out about it. I'm like, wait a second, there is a way. There is a way. Because I sense... And um, so I knew that there was a provision within the law. And, oh, last thing on this, January 6th happens. Those guys are let in. You know why they're let in? Not to stop the counting, but to stop the objections to the counting. It's a big difference. I've shown that a couple of times on my Newsmax show. Anyway, Joe, you're right. All right, thank We're you. right. They're wrong. You know it, and I appreciate it. Frank in Old Westbury. Greg, are you there? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Uh, thank you for taking my call. Listen, there's something that your listeners and everyone needs to hear, and that is that the CDC voted unanimously, these criminals, unanimously to put the COVID-19 experimental gene therapy shot on the child vaccination schedule. That means in this communistic state of New York, where religious exemption is, uh, is, uh, has been removed, that your child, my child, is going to have to partake in this mRNA experiment in order to go to our tax-paying public schools. So we need every single person out there to get Mr. Zeldin in so that he can give us back religious exemption and stop these criminals from damaging our children. <coughs> yes, you're right. Absolutely. Get Zeldin in. CDC panel votes to add COVID-19 to immunization schedule. CDC advisors recommend adding COVID shots to routine immunization. No, I'm sorry. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. The polio vaccine, all right, invented by Jonas Salk when? 1957 or something like that? A long time ago. And we looked at it. We tested it. We knew it was good for a long time. Years, years, years have gone by. We trust it. I'm not so sure about this thing. I'm not so sure at all. By the way, it made me sick as a dog. I regretted getting it. Look, it was my decision. I'm vaccinated. I don't care what anybody else's status is. But this is America. We get a choice. Hey, let me ask you, because I don't know much about these. uh, Once the CDC advisors recommend it, what happens next? Well, unfortunately, uh, it is considered part of the the scheduling. uh, 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 No, 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 no. It can be overridden, and they got to go through a bunch of more steps. So I don't think it's a done deal yet. Very difficult to do, especially since New York State removed religious exemption. It's very difficult to do uh, in this state. Uh, excuse me, in this state. Um, but, uh, hey, there's no long-term data, number one, guys. Let's be honest. There's no long-term data. And they just admitted in Denmark two weeks ago that they didn't even test for transmission prior to letting it go on the public. So uh, anyone who trusts a pharmaceutical company, you know, I, I question their mind to begin with. But uh, – protect the children at all costs, and let's hope Zeldin can, can do that. Uh, there's a poll that came out today that showed Zeldin up 1%. What poll was that? Uh, we saw a poll today that was showing Zeldin up. So come on, guys. Let's spread the word here. I know. there's no, there's no we got to spread the word. we got to get out. we got to do our part. I'm feeling very, very, very good about it. Ed in Babylon, yes, sir. Hey, Gregors. Uh, I can tell you my own journey on losing weight and also about pharmaceuticals because I'm a nuclear med tech. I'll tell you about that uh, vaccine and what it might do. Um, I, I made hunger my friend. 
Also, you have to look at your vices. Well, what are you talking about? Your hunger. So every time I got hungry and I wanted to eat and I knew I had to lose weight because, Greg, I was up there like you over the 200s. And it, it just wasn't setting well on my frame. I was going into type 2 diabetes. I said, hello, hunger. I was like, Rodney Gainesville, like, like, hello, hunger, my friend. How are you? And I just stayed hungry. And I said, you know what? I'm burning fat right now. And I don't know what you eat if it's candy. Me was carbs. I got a friend that loves Italian bread. And he had to have it once a day. And it, it pushed him into type 2 diabetes. You know, that is an interesting uh, psychological trick that you came up with and yeah, i think yeah, you're on to yeah. something you did a riding dangerfield yeah. voice hello hunger hey hunger what are you doing here huh i thought you left already that's okay you can hang around uh <laughs> no i mean uh, that, that was a terrible Rodney dangerfield impression but it was so when you feel hungry you remind yourself that's a good feeling because you're actually that's actually you're in the zone you're in the zone you're actually losing weight when you're hungry you're burning fat you're right all right and as as per the um, the uh, vaccines, uh, being a nuclear medicine technologist and work with Brookhaven National Lab. Hey, wait, one more thing before I forget about the dieting. You got to do the NJ diet. You could do your little um, 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 Rodney Dangerfield trickery, but I think it would be even easier with uh, the NJ diet uh, team on your side, and I'm, I'm going to be working with them. All right, what else? Get to, you have to get to the chopper, Greg, but the thing with the um, – the um, um, uh, injections and everything, the uh, whatever they call it, it, it's really not. It's really not a um, a vaccine uh, because it has nothing to do with the virus. It actually is something that ramps up your immune system. But if you get that and you get a booster and a booster, you do not want your immune system constantly ramped up because eventually your immune system can start attacking you. It looks for something to attack. So all right, I mean, look, don't I don't, I, look, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I, I, I know you know what you're talking about, but all right. So listen, I mean, it's up to the, it's up to you and your doctor. All right, I, I, I respect your background, but it's everybody's got to make their own choice. I chose to get it. Made me sick as a dog. I don't know. I actually did get boosted because by the time I that came around, I was no longer thinking about the sickness, and I did not get sick the next time. It's up to you. It's up to you. This is still America. Give me a break. Thank you, pal. Um, yeah, can you believe that they would? This is this is wrong. And somebody told me yesterday they feel like there's something cataclysmic that could go wrong with the economy. I mean, just we're talking we're talking worse than 2008. Do you feel that? Could something like that happen? And could it really? And it's too bad that so many people have let Trump derangement syndrome just wipe out their judgment on every other issue, everything. So many of them are attracted to the uh, the fame and fortune and status that comes with hating Trump, at least on television. Listen to all these people express hate in uh, from Stephanie Grisham to Olivia Troy. Every single one of them, I think it's like a half dozen, they say this on TV and then they get to host The View. What's the big deal about hosting The View anyway? Cut 39. Was it a mistake to work for President Trump? Yes. It took me a really long time to realize it was a culture of abuse in there. Will you say that the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, lied to the American people? He did on the election. Could you ever support Donald Trump again for election? I wouldn't. All right, stop for a moment. That was Alyssa Farah and Stephanie Grisham. And they're out there every day. They... 
One of the greatest sins of all this, because they had these jobs, they are seen as having credibility. Uh, all Alyssa Farah has is um, excess makeup, as far as I can tell, and hairspray. I mean, uh, I've never heard her be remotely insightful or uh, told anyone anything they didn't know already. It's just semi-pretty, overly made-up girl trashing Trump who used to uh, once or twice, get photographed with Trump. And and then you can write your own ticket. Keep going. This administration under Trump, they did nothing. And they decimated the process. Like they, they destroyed it. The last thing I want to do right now is talk about Donald Trump on national television. It actually pains me to do so. I think he's a phony and desperate for media attention. He knows it, and I know it, and all of you know it. He will never be a great man. No. Yeah. Trump's the one talking about using his own money, and he should, because I think he's a clown. I don't know who would write him a check. This stuff surrounds people, and yet they they just said it for too long. And we have seen him. We've seen him for for a good long time now, a good chunk of time. We know him, and we know what they say about him, that it's not true. You know, you can say anything, but we have had exposure to him. We know what he's like. Oh, by the way, tomorrow night on Newsmax at 7 o'clock, we'll be carrying the next Trump rally. I think he's in, where is he? Does anybody know? Texas, something like that. Another Trump rally, and this is one of his many gifts, quite frankly, Knowing that you got to go out there, you know, no one's campaigning right now in terms of um, the presidency. You know, no one really is out there campaigning. Uh, I shouldn't say that the midterms are coming, but he was doing it months ago. He was doing it during his presidency when he wasn't asking for votes. And I think that's powerful. I think it's really it's it's so unique to see traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Oh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute politician let's call him a politician for the moment with the people when he doesn't need them there's something really great about that give me a moment greg kelly Kelly. on the red apple podcast network prime minister of the uk there for six weeks they knew she was going to fail some of her political rivals put her out there because they knew she would blow it and uh, that's a that's a horrible dark thing about human nature right Setting somebody up to fail, knowing I, I just have seen this before, though, in my career. I remember, I don't want to name any names or institutions, but I was working somewhere a long time ago, and there was some show that was on the network, and uh, we were going to have the host of that show on the TV show, and and one of the senior executives said, no, 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 no we're not doing that. I'm like, why not? Because we don't know if we want that show to succeed. It's like, Really? I mean, what do you, uh, they're on our channel. I mean, like, why wouldn't we, right? Politics, bureaucrats, you know, they're always playing games. It's part of life, unfortunately, everywhere. You know, there's a bureaucracy, there's backstabbing. It's, uh, you don't have to be like that. I don't have to be like that. And we can remember also to be open and accepting and to seek people out, uh, Look, we can't do it to everybody or with everybody, but we can 
look outside ourselves and look to somebody who might be suffering, look to somebody who might be having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month and just, uh, you know, tap them on the shoulder. Hey, how are you? You know, I got to say something uh, actually about uh, a little while ago, I met somebody I work with and uh, I uh, they were obviously new. And I said, hey, how are you? You're the new guy, huh? And gosh, the most interesting guy I ever met. And I could tell he was having a tough time being the first, the new guy, you know, and I'm not saying I'm any hero or anything like that. Obviously, I'm not. But and you, it does take a little bit of, you know, you're 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 afraid of going over there and saying something, you know, will I look weird? Will this be weird? What will they say? Eh, screw it. They're going to say something anyway. Barbara in Huntington, what's going on? Hi. Yes. Hi, Greg. I'm so glad to hear about Lee Zeldin doing so well. And I know all of your listeners are know that, and they will go out and vote for him. But I think we all need to know that there's more than that that we need to do, that we have become complacent and compliant, and it's happened over many years. And we've sat back, and we've said, oh, there's nothing I can do about this, and we shrug our shoulders. Oh, there's nothing I can do about that, we shrug our shoulders. Every time we do that, we invite anarchy, and we invite the deterioration of our children's liberty. We won't let it happen, Barbara. Get out and vote. Thank you. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, this is weird. You heard about the chief of police here in New York City, uh, Chief Ken Corey, C-O-R-E-Y. He is uh, the four-star, the top uniform cop. And he is retiring by the end of the year. I'm sorry to see that. I think he was a pretty competent guy. Uh, why is he being pushed out? Clearly, he's being pushed out. Uh, and maybe it's because uh, Ewick, the guy he uh, thinks he can solve all the problems, right? He's got to be a hard guy to work for. I mean, imagine that. You've got expertise. I mean, genuine expertise in law enforcement. Ewick came by and, you know, just... <laughs> made some trouble in the police department and left. This guy has dedicated his entire life to policing. And Elwick doesn't like a guy like this around. That's my sense, because Elwick can handle it, right? I don't know why people think the response to a problem is allowing someone else to handle the problem. No, I want the problem. I want the problem of the generational dysfunction of Rikers. I want it. I don't want someone else to handle a problem of New York City. The problems that we have, I was elected to resolve them. And so I want the problem of Rikers Island. I want to fix Rikers Island. So all those who are saying that my correction officers are not capable of doing it, all those who are saying, you know, have others come in to handle our education, to handle this, to handle that, to handle that, all I can say to them, don't ever run for mayor because of your solution to solving the problems of this city is to find other people to fix them, then you should never be the mayor of the city of New York. Mayor Adams want the problems because I was elected to fix them. <laughs> Man, I'm really going to beat this guy. <laughs> I just might be the next mayor of the city of New York. I don't think anyone else is going to take him on. I think he's going to get the Democrat nomination. I think uh, qualified candidates, uh, whatever their race, will be afraid for who knows what reason. And uh, I'm not. And I, I just might do it. I might have to for my community. And I will need all kinds of help. Oh, yes, indeed. Your help, God's help, everyone's help. And I will turn to some of the greatest experts in the world to turn this city around, especially on the law enforcement front, also on the education front. 
and also socio-cultural issues. I've got some interesting ideas about that. Uh, so anyway, I think Chief Corey had a hard time working for a guy like that. Can you imagine if that was your boss? Well, make up your mind. Are you going to do this or am I going to do it? I mean, like it sounds like he's a little bit uh, – uh, just uh, that may sound interesting or compelling to him at a press conference. What does that actually look like? A guy who got 200,000 votes on the last day of school last year, running around pretending he's the emperor of New York. I can fix it. No, you can't. That's the problem. That's the problem. But he doesn't know that. You know, it would be one thing if he were, you know, working night and day. And there's something about humility. You know, he shouldn't be like this. The the bragging, the, you know, one thing about Trump, you know, I know he got tagged as a bragger. And, yes, he would boast, but in a way that I thought was kind of healthy in a way. Because, you know, so much of our lives is spent demeaning ourselves, negative self-talk. And socially, that's a good thing to do, right, to put yourself down. You know, oh, that was a good job, Tom. Oh, it wasn't me. It was uh, Betsy who really, uh, it was my team. My team is so great. I remember seeing uh, Trump uh, at that golf course up at Whitestone. And he said, you know, I really did a kick-ass job on this thing. And it was kind of fascinating to me because he wasn't, it was actually more of a statement of fact. I mean, through force of will, he actually made a lot of that happen. And if you don't tell your own story, somebody else will. Uh, but there are limits and there are parameters. And Eric does not have any sense, none. Sense of the room, sense of the city, sense of decency. Pete in New Jersey, hello. Are you there, Pete? Never mind. Let's go to Andrew in New Jersey. We don't like Pete anyway. He's the guy who tries to tell us that Zeldin's going to lose. He's going to win. All right, Andrew. Hi. Yeah. Maybe Eric Adams, the guy who's stepping down, the police chief. Maybe Adams kicked that cracker's ass. Is <laughs> he <laughs> <See> a cracker? <laughs> He kicked his ass out yeah. of there. <laughs> That's right. That's I kicked right. those crackers' ass. <laughs> yeah. How about that, huh? Just a little racism from our mayor, huh? Oh, gosh. All right. So what's up? Yeah, I just want to say with um, Biden, and uh, he's up there in Pennsylvania and saying, oh, like, uh, you know, the voting laws in Georgia. But ironically, when they moved it to Denver, they have more restrictive voting laws. And he's using the term Jim Crow. That was actually his nickname when he first joined the Senate, Jim Crow Joe, because he was known for opposing busing and other racist things. And he lied in the debate with Kamala Harris. He said, no, I just opposed it because the state, I didn't want it imposed. That's not the reason we know that he said he doesn't want his kids going to a, quote, racial jungle schools. And he said about Indian immigrants, derogatory. And Kamala Harris then gets elected chosen by him and she flips and goes he accepts everyone joe but i was just thinking wait a minute you're black and indian those are the two groups that he targets with you know the most with his racism he's a bad guy he's a bad guy thank you andrew very much hey you know what else is really bad and to the young women out there watch out for it i am hearing about it all the time reading about it I've actually never signed up for it. I, I would tell you if I did, but I did not sign up for this thing. Uh, Only fans. Have you ever heard of that? Only fans. You got regular, you know, w women, you know, regular nice girls 
signing up for this semi-porn site, and they get followers who have to pay them for, I don't know, like, you know, to wear a bathing suit in front of a camera for five minutes. And, like, you know, there are normal people doing this. What do I mean by normal people? Well, I do think it's pretty abnormal to enter the adult porn industry. That's abnormal behavior. It is. Uh, for a number of reasons, we can go into that someday, but uh, that's, you know, you got to really jump through some hoops to become a porn star. But uh, this is, uh, just do it in your house, and presto changeo, you're in business. And I think it's really harming uh, women and men. Absolutely. And it, it this is just one story, but there have been two, two only, actually two OnlyFans models who have recently uh, killed their boyfriends. Have you seen that? Uh, one in Florida and one in the U.K. I don't know the details of each of these cases, but um, I would imagine that having a girlfriend or a wife who's doing the OnlyFans thing would be would apply pressure on the relationship, right? That would be a that would be a source of tension. I don't think that would work very well. And you know what? On a smaller level, I mean, Instagram. If you have a hot guy or a hot girl in your life and they're always posing those stupid pictures posting them you know what do you think they're really hoping for in addition to the likes and comments what are they what are they really hoping for a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend oh yeah they want to step it up maybe they're posting all those sexy pictures day after day after day it's a glorified personal ad remember the personal ads in the back of new york magazine or the the village voice Remember Mr. Silverstein in the Village Voice? That guy called. He wanted to play for the Yankees. And uh, or the Cornwall Dragons. Anybody remember that? Anthony in New York. Hi. Hey, Greg. Yo. How's it going? Good. So your uh, imitation of Eric Adams is close. But it needs work. Yeah, I everything needs it. work. What? So this is the way I hear it. It's Tracy Morgan doing impersonation of the call. Backler groundskeeper from the Caddyshack movie, played by Bill Murray. So it's the combination of the two. All right, wait, 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 wait. Keenan, well, let me try it for you. Okay, this is the uh, Tracy Morgan doing impersonation of Carl Spackler, the groundskeeper from Caddyshack. And that equals what? That equals Adams. Yeah. All right, go I'm for it. I'm the mayor. I'm the blue collar mayor. I wear Salvatore Ferragamo suits. But my shirt underneath is blue. <laughs> you're, exactly. you're pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Hey, the best can way. You, what? Can you pass along a message to uh, the owner of the station, Mr. Casamitidis? Uh, you know, you're on the radio station right now. So if he's listening, he'll hear it. What? I'm not going to I'm not going to write it down. 70. He's done a great job with 770. But he always talks on his show about common-sense Democrats, common-sense Republicans. I'm under the impression that Republicans are already common-sense. So it's almost like redundant to say common-sense Republicans. I know what a common-sense Democrat is. All right, I'll tell you what, Anthony, I'm not going to pass that message on. But what you can do is um, start a grocery store. I don't want to – you know what I was going to say. I was going to say you could buy your own radio station and correct him. I mean, look, you can say that. Come on. Cut him some slack. That guy is going to help us take our country back. And there are a few common-sense Democrats out there. None come to mind, actually. Who is one common-sense Democrat that we like? Ah, I thought of one. Jim Webb. You know who that is? 
Jim Webb. He was a senator from Virginia. He was the Secretary of the Navy. He is a successful author and screenwriter. Jim Webb. I like that guy. I could see him actually as Trump's defense secretary someday. Anthony, we appreciate it. Very good impression. Uh, it is Friday, so extra phone calls. Let's do, P- oh, Pete in New Jersey. Let's see if this is the guy. Pete, what's up? Pete. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Hey, look, uh, I just want some fair time with Lee Zeldin right here. I was trying to make a point to you when you cut me off. Uh, yeah, well, oh, God, you called before, Pete? We got a 30-day policy between phone calls. <laughs> it's about the Peekaboo counties upstate New York. But the population is 15,000 and 35,000 votes come out of it. That is scary. As far as Donald Trump is concerned, it's not boasting, it's charisma. All right. That's what the man does. All right. All right. Thank you, Pete. Uh, There's another Pete who doesn't want Zeldin to win. And we don't like that guy. Oop. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, I've been talking about this mayoral campaign, Greg Kelly, 2025. I've yet to actually get Rudy Giuliani's uh, take on the matter. And um, it's uh, here it is, the moment of truth. i got to get him on some other issues, but first, this one. Mr. Mayor, so good to see you. Boy, oh boy, what a hero. What a hero you are. What an absolute hero. And you know my prediction. One day... I think it's going to happen in uh, early 2025. You, sir, will be awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Um, why don't you grab that? I, I just, I just feel like it's going to happen. I uh, and you will be totally restored. I mean, all this nonsense. The some of the other lawyers have been the hard time they've been giving you. The harder they come at you, that means the better you're doing. I, I feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Given given how screwed up they are. Ooh. Uh, listen, no more calls for the rest of the show because I gotta, I gotta tackle something with you. I want to talk Steve Bannon, if you don't mind. Oh, but, sure. Yeah. But first, 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 I don't know if you've heard the buzz, and I know it may sound crazy, but, 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 I'm thinking about running for mayor in 2025. Well, I'm very happy to hear that. Here's what I'm thinking, and I would, I need to know a hell of a lot more, and it would take a of lot course, of study. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Number one, I think Adams will be renominated. I think he will get the nomination for the Democrats. I don't see any Giuliani-like figure on the Republican side emerging. I would do this as an independent, um, which I know has problems. I mean, we have no liberal line anymore. Maybe we bring that back. Um, but I would run on, obviously, a platform of sanity and I'm absolutely not afraid of uh, Eric Adams. I'm not afraid to talk about race, and I am committed to public safety, and it's in my blood with my record as a Marine a journalist all over the world, and I think I can do it. What do you think? I think you can do it. I also think that uh, if you want to run as an independent, I'd run as an independent and try to get the Republican um, the re- Republican leaders to endorse you, uh, what, they, what they call Wilson Pakula. Right. So I, I did it the opposite way around. I ran as a Republican, and the Liberal Party endorsed me, Wilson Pakula. So I ran the same way LaGuardia and Lindsey ran the first time when Lindsey hit Republican-Liberal. And I would not have won without the Liberal line the first time. The fusion ticket, I think we called it, we, right? We called it a few. We had a, third, we had a third party also that we created called it Independent Party for people that didn't want to vote Republican or liberal. My concern about the Republican thing, and I know about Wilson Pakula, but the Republican brand in New York City has been unfairly 
tarnished and right. damaged. And to have that line would be a liability. See where it is. Yeah. What you do get are workers. Mm. And uh, uh, mayoral elections are not completely reliant, but heavily reliant on pull. On they're they're not just tele, they're not just television elections. I mean that's why, for example, like Bloomberg the third time had had such a a tough time, even though he spent a hundred million dollars. Pull has a lot to do with it, and the Democratic Party has a great machine. So you're gonna you're gonna need to create that if you don't have a party with you. Um, here's something I I think that um, let's see I don't like to slice and dice the city in terms of ethnic groups and religion. I, I mean that's just not my nature, but I know in politics they do that a lot, and I feel like um, African Americans by 2025 will be disenchanted with Eric. There will not be he will have let them down, so they're not going to come out to vote like they did. This first time around, which wasn't even that impressive, they'll stay home. And I do believe a lot of outer borough people from all over the world, you know, there's a very diversity, will will want to come out. I think that's true. And I think also the the immigrant, uh, not the illegal immigrant, the legal immigrant is much more prone now to move away from the Democratic Party pretty quickly. I mean, you see what's happening in the Hispanic community. You see what happens, Venezuelans. Uh, people from Cuba, they they tend to be a lot more, whether Republican or Democrat, conservative in, va- in values. And that's going to change the city also. The question is, does Adams make a revival of some kind? Does he wake up and realize he's got to reduce crime? He, none of these ex- – this whole thing is like a silly charade about him saying perception and they have him on the front page. The real question is in the numbers. Crime is up 30 to 40 percent. That's the answer. That's a failure. He's a failure. And uh, subway crime is up uh, an unbelievable 40 percent. He has a year to fix it. By the way, I hope he does, because this is not something uh, I wasn't born, you know, wanting to be the mayor. I wasn't born. I mean, I don't think you were consumed by politics when you were a kid either. No, I never I I never would have run uh, for mayor at all if it wasn't for the terrible condition of the city and kind of a feeling like you have, which is. Since I was U.S. attorney, I had investigated all the corruption in the Koch administration. I felt like, well, who knows the city better than me? Yeah. And who has the independence to change it better than me? This is a kind of a basic question. But what I, I, I think I remember reading in New York Magazine in 89 uh, that you had read a lot of books at night when you're a U.S. attorney. You know, OK, you know, how do you be the mayor? What, what, what are some books I should read? <laughs> well, uh, uh, biographies of LaGuardia. Obviously, uh, Caro's book, uh, Power Broker, the Power Broker, particularly the, f- the first, the first, uh, what well, I guess is one volume. I mean, the main volume of that book. It's long. It's a thousand pages. It takes forever, but it's worth reading over a one-year period. Yeah, I I read it a long time ago, and I met Bob Caro a million years. Well, that's probably times. worth re- just reviewing it. Yeah, you know, one thing about that book, I have a feeling he wouldn't have written that book. He's he wrote another book. He said. He wrote his autobiography about three years ago, and he said he sensed at the time when he was writing the book, when he interviewed him for the last time, Moses, right. that his power was declining. That Moses' power. Moses was Well, sure, li- it was, was under slipping. Wagner. It right. was. Right. It was slipping, and he was not. So I have this theory, and it's nothing against Caro. This is human nature, that the book would not have had the bite that it did if he was on the rise <laughs> or if he was still a really, you know, because yeah. he was retired. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're out of – 
job like that, you are not as powerful and you can't right. take retribution. It's the but way it the works. the understanding of the city, the relationship between the state and the city, the relationship between the governor and the city, uh, really is not described better any, 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 anywhere else. And the same power dynamics that existed then, you, you just translated into, you know, Koch and Cuomo, yeah. which is what I translated into when I was running, or or uh, Pataki and me, or uh, or Cuomo and uh, and De Blasio, which was the, I think of all the ones I mentioned, was the worst. Cuomo and De Blasio, same party, yeah. despised each other, and it hurt the city. Well, with you, Ray Kelly, Curtis, uh I got a great brain trust. If you don't mind, I'm going to put no, you in no, my brain trust. No, no, that's important too. I mean, you got to have really good people around you, and I, I was very fortunate. And when people are desperate, <laughs> they want to really help you. Yeah, I mean, you become more than just uh, 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 than just you. It's like what what um, what I feel right now. These candidates who are running, my gosh, they're running for the country right now. I mean, we don't win the house at least. I don't know if we can revive. I'm very optimistic, though. Hey, let me ask you real quick about Bannon. Four months in jail for this uh, conviction. But but did the judge, I mean, like, he didn't have to go to jail today. He could win this thing on appeal. That that, Was that a big deal? Yeah, yeah. And and showing his lawyer is not a braggart. And he said it's a a slam dunk uh, appeal. Now, nothing is a slam dunk appeal. No such thing. But a lawyer like Schoen would not say that if he didn't feel very confident. He is, as I said, this guy is not a big mouth or, or, yeah. or, or, or a show off. He's an amazing guy. He was one of Trump's impeachment lawyers. And uh... no, I've spent a lot of time with him. He's a very, very good lawyer. And it's a very, a very I won't go into the whole thing. It's a very good issue on appeal. It yeah. really is. If he gets a fair court, it'll be reversed. Mayor Giuliani, you'll be taking it away in just a couple of moments. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, sir. Enjoy your Thank show, you, Maria. And, and particularly also on Newsmax. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I'll see you tonight, folks. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.